Amen. All right. Well, we've been on a, uh, a ser- series since uh, Easter, and um, we've been talking about how to erase your past and live a shame-free life. And uh, every one of us have a past, right? And uh, today we're going to talk about how the blood of Jesus, we've been on this thing about the power of the blood of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about how the blood of Jesus gives me access to God. And so we are going to uh, go further in our study. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of your truth. And today, God, I pray that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over the words that I speak. Father, that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and it would illuminate the Word of God for us today, that we might get revelation. Because God, we know that revelation brings transformation. So Father, in our foundation today, the foundation of truth, in the way we live, in the way we act, Father, I pray that your Word would bring revelation today in our hearts. I know it's going to. I thank you for it, God. I thank you, God, that the word of God never, ever returns void. That, God, you are planting seeds within each of our heart today. So, God, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see clearly today. Open our eyes, God. Open my eyes, even as I preach, God, to go deeper into my understanding of who you are and what you've done, and the power of the blood of Jesus as I apply it to my life and my circumstances. Father, I thank you that you're going to bring change to every person in this house today. You're going to bring revelation today that changes who we are, that changes our understanding of you and the power of who you are. So Father, today, I thank you for that, and I thank you for the anointing that truly breaks the yoke of lies with your truth. And so, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? I think I could just pray all day. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to show you a diagram that I made up about the blood of Jesus. That Some people are visual learners, and some people are audio learners, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to do this to kind of give us a perspective of where I'm trying to go with these messages. And what is the blood of Jesus for? And so I've been talking about how the blood of Jesus is Godward, it's for God. Last week I talked about that the blood of Jesus was primarily for God. That God set an evaluation on the blood of Jesus. And God said that the blood of Jesus was enough to satisfy his heart and his wrath and his judgment. That the the blood of Jesus was for God. And God said that the blood of Jesus was enough to erase your sins. Is anybody glad about that? So, it, the, so the blood of Jesus was primarily for God or to God, but there's also this, this platform that I began to talk about, how the blood of Jesus is for man. It's manward, that, that the blood of Jesus was for my sins. But I'm going to go into three other aspects uh, of that today about the blood of Jesus and how it is manward. So I'm focusing today more on how the blood of Jesus is manward. And then next week, I'm going to kind of tap into how even the blood of Jesus was for Satan, Satanward. And I'm not talking about the blood of Jesus saved Satan, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and I'm going to unpack a little bit next week, is that the blood of Jesus took care of Satan's accusation. Okay, and so the blood was also Satan word in that it shut his trap. 
And you have to know that as a believer because it's part of our spiritual warfare. It's a part of that taking every thought captive and, and, and believing by faith what God has said. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. But this is just kind of a, a diagram of what we're, where I'm trying to head and what we're trying to do here. But last week we did discuss this issue that the power of the blood of Jesus, again, was the value that God placed on that. And so what we're going to do today is I want to talk with us about how the blood of Jesus is, is manward and what that means for us. Because, again, we have tremendous value and benefits as believers. When we take on the name of Jesus, when we take on the power of what Christ has done, when we say yes to him, everything changes. Everything changes. The old passes away, and, the, and I become a new creation. I become justified. I become holy. I become set apart. I, the, the blood of Jesus has atoned for my sin. The blood of Jesus removes my sins and makes me clean. Everybody say, I'm clean. That's the, that's the man word. I talked a little bit about that week. The, the, the words I used last week is that the, the blood of Jesus affects my standing with God. You are holy, you are righteous, you are justified, you're redeemed, you're cleansed, you're atoned for. The ransom of God has been paid. You've been ransomed back unto God because of the blood, and you're now in right standing with God. And that is so exciting. And so judicially, from God's perspective, judicially, I have been given a, a right standing with God, and I am judicially set free. I am judicially by God, holy and blameless in his sight. And that is really good news, which then affects the manward thing. Everybody say, thank God for that. Sometimes my life doesn't look that way, right? Sometimes my life doesn't look holy. Sometimes it doesn't look clean. Sometimes it doesn't look righteous. Anybody in the room agree with that? But we're going to attack that too, but we're, we're going to get there. Because I am not saying, when you hear these messages, I am not saying that God overlooks our sin. I am not saying that you can continue to sin. If you are born again, we're going to get into this later, not today, but if you are born again, you have the nature of Christ inside of you, and you are moving towards his holiness. You are moving towards his righteousness. It is a, a judicial thing, but it is also something that you are moving towards. And until you die and take your last breath, you will struggle sometimes with sin. And you will fall short. And I'm going to talk about that. But we do not have to, and we can get to a place where we become more and more, as the judicial thing has been declared, we become the righteousness of Christ. I begin to reflect him. I begin to look like him. I begin to talk like him. I begin to act like him. I begin to, to have his heart towards other people. Even like what Shelley was saying on emotional healing. Emotional healing is that part of us claiming the ground of our brokenness to become more like Jesus. And it's a work. It's a process. Everybody say process. process. But yet it is a done deal. It's a process, but yet it's a done deal. And that sometimes messes people up. Many times people go, man, am I saved? Gosh, why do I keep sinning? Am I really saved? And I say, yeah, you're, you're, if, you've, if you've been born again, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know it. If you just said a prayer and go, oh, God, help me, forgive me, you know, there, I mean, there's a lot of people that just say a prayer. But you know, I mean, I know that day. 
I know that day when God revealed himself to me, and I was around 12 to 13 years old, I knew something was going on, on the inside that was not being generated by me. And I remember running to an altar, and I remember asking Christ into my heart, and there was a radical change that took place in my life. And there's no one that can take that away from me. I know that I know that I know that I know that day. Does everybody remember that day? Does anybody remember that glorious day? Oh, happy day. <laughs> oh, happy day. Yes. When Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. So here's where we're going to go today. We're going to go manward. And so for man or manward, again, we talked about this last week. Number one, man standing with God. The blood made you judicially right with God. The blood did. That was the manward part of the blood and the purpose of the blood. And number two, today we're going to go here, is man's guilty conscience is cleared by the blood of Jesus. The blood made your conscience clear and clean. And, 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 and this last phrase, giving you access to God. So not only is your right standing Part of the manward of why God, his, what his blood is for you, your standing judicially with him is taken care of for you. Also, your conscience is made clear by the blood of Jesus. And number three, you now begin to have access to God because of that blood. Amen? And so we're going to begin to dive into that today. So here's a scripture out of Hebrews chapter 10 that we're going to begin to unpack and begin to talk about what does it mean and what is our conscience and all that kind of stuff. So Hebrews 10, 22 says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now we realize that the sprinkling metaphor that this scripture is talking about is the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus over your life and your heart. And as your life is sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, as God has made the blood of Jesus what is what it takes to make you right, your guilty conscience and your body is being washed by that blood. Now that sounds like really crazy blood and water and metaphors all over the place. But literally your conscience and your body is being made pure by the blood of Jesus. Anybody happy for that? That's the power, the efficacy, the completeness of the blood of Jesus. This is powerful stuff. So I want to dive into this thing about what is our conscience. And I've got a little video that I want to show here. And this video shows this war in this man's conscience. And, and he has no conscience at first until his son is brought into the scene and all of a sudden he is aware of his conscience and I'm going to unpack conscience a little bit today and what what the price Jesus has paid through the blood but this is a, a scene where a professor has taught a student and now the student has some serious issues and I pray it gives us an understanding of our conscience that'll help me kind of teach today
Did you feel that? All of a sudden, his conscience was made aware. His conscience was made aware once his son heard of his actions. You see, your conscience is the psychological faculty that distinguishes between right and wrong inside of you. It's been given to you by God. The conscience either afflicts a person or it comforts the person depending on their actions as a person. In the movies, we, we know what that conscience is. It's the devil on one shoulder and the little angel with the, 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 the violin on the other. But every one of us has been given by God a conscience that distinguishes between what right and wrong is. Literally, the law of God has been placed in our hearts. It's there. It's there inside of us. It's working. And it can either afflict you and bring conviction and pain, but it's based upon your actions. It's based upon what you do. And in this scenario, this man's, his conscience, he didn't care if he lied. He didn't care if he cheated to get political success. He didn't care whose back he had to ride up in order to get where he was going. And he did not feel bad about his actions. He didn't care about virtue. He didn't care about righteousness. He didn't care about those things that really were a part of his heart 
because the, 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 the law of God is there. Until the son heard it. And it was like, wow. See, it doesn't matter whether you're in Africa. It doesn't matter if you're in Iran. It doesn't matter if you're in North Korea. Every man and woman has a conscience that distinguishes between what is right and wrong. And what happens to that conscience is this. By continual sin, you either make it hard and callous, or through righteousness, you comfort and you release it through God. Right now, if we look at the North Korea dictator, his conscience is seared. Because of continually sinning. Instead of surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, we become utterly sinful, is what we end up doing. Sin does give birth to death. Right? So bad actions afflict the conscience, and good actions comfort the conscience. And every one of us have it, right? And through continual sin, a hardening of this conscience before God happens. And then what happens is I become dull. This man in the video became dull to his sin. He became dull to lying. He became dull to that there was a higher virtue. And all of us have been there. Every one of us in this room has a particular sin, a particular area in your life where you've become dull to your conscience. You've become dull to an area of your life. I have one too, I promise you. And we become stubborn. Anybody else been there? And we become dull to the right and wrong. And we become afflicted in our heart. And we begin to not yield to God in that area of our life. And yours is different than mine, but it means that there is this evil action. There's these evil intents sometimes in our heart. And what does that do? We talked about it last week that immediately when we sin, what shows up? Guilt. Guilt shows up. We talked about that last week. And all of a sudden, my guilty conscience, I become aware of my guilty conscience. I become aware of right and wrong in my heart, right? I become really aware of that. And now my conscience afflicts me. <laughs> my conscience now either feels bad or it's hard. I don't know where your conscience is right now. We can recover our conscience. We can recover our conscience. That's the good news, right? The word afflict means to distress mentally or bodily, to trouble greatly, to infect. So when my conscience, and I do wrong before God, and my conscience is aware of it, I realize there's an infection. I realize there's a separation between me and God. Anybody walked there for a long time? Ew. Is that not miserable? Is it not miserable to avoid God? Mm. Constantly reminding me that I have a barrier, that there's something between God and I with that conscience. Anybody like living in that place? I don't either. 
But I want to say, but Christ, right? But Christ. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to help us walk through uh, some steps and where we need to go in order to recover our hard conscience, to recover lost ground, and what the blood of Jesus does to make your conscience clean. (laughs) We've got some good news for us today. Has everybody wanted some good news? And maybe today God's going to convict you on a certain area of your life where maybe your conscience has gotten just a little seared. Yep, possibly so. But now, through the operation of this costly blood of Jesus, this costly blood that God said was so costly to him, it has now become costly to us, right? Now there's something else new that has come from God that is much, much bigger than my sin, much, much bigger than my affliction, much, much bigger than my conscience. Something is much bigger than all my junk. Everybody say amen. Amen. It's much more powerful to remove this barrier or this affliction uh, in my conscience of what is right and wrong so that I can be brought back in peace with God and I can actually have access to God is where we're going to go today. And uh, I want to take care of that which separates me from God. Anybody else? So God has made this fact known to me in his word. He has made it known to me when I was 12 to 13 years of age. I didn't understand what took place. I just knew I was forgiven. Didn't have the understanding that I have now. But the word of God has made it clear to me what he has given me. And I want to get into that. and, And that foundation has got to be something that you're pulling on every day of your life amen and so god has not only shown it to me in his word god has said the value of this blood is complete and fully satisfies my sin my actions and like last week we said again i am judicially right with god but i must do something and here's the point where i want to go today i must do something with that judicial truth that has been revealed to me. It is, no, it is not acceptable or okay just to know that judicially the blood of Jesus has covered your sin. It is not just okay to know that judicially my sins are forgiven and that my standing before God is good. It goes much further. I must take the judicial truth And I have to take and I have to do something with that judicial truth if my conscience is to be cleared. I have to take something with that truth and I have to do something with that truth. Or only it stays as a judicial truth. Are you guys with me? If I want my conscience cleared, if I want to get back to knowing and distinguishing between what is right and wrong of that thing that God has given me to keep me separated from him, from hearing his voice, from going deeper with him, I have to have my conscience cleared. And so here are some steps. And if you're taking notes today, I would highly recommend you writing these down. Because what I find in most Christians is they don't take the judicial truth and they don't know how to apply it to their life. And so here's where we're going to go today, is when this truth of, the, of what the blood has done for us, we have to do these three things. Whoopsie-daisy, got ahead of myself. So what are the steps to clear my conscience? You can write them down if you want. I'm going to begin to describe them a little bit. 
When the truth of the blood of Jesus is declared, like today in the preaching of the Word, when I'm reading it in the Word of God, that my heart and my conscience must be sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, I must do something with that truth. And I must believe in the blood of Jesus. There is something that if I just hope for it, or just I, I, I hope that uh, me confessing my sin will do it. Yes, there is this confession of sin. If any man sins, he should confess it before God, and he is faithful and just to what? To forgive and to remove that sin. I'm assuming you're a believer today. If you're not, we want to help lead you to the one and only Christ our Lord. And we will do that after service. We are here to help you if you have not made that commitment. I know somebody made that commitment today. Praise the Lord. We, uh, that someone received the Lord today. You're in, you're, this message is all for you today because you have been cleared. Your sin has been removed. It has been judicially taken care of for you just by you accepting Christ into your heart. And now you must believe that the blood of Jesus is enough. So there's this thing if I'm going to actually appropriate and put this into practice, I must believe in and I must accept and I must appropriate by faith this truth. That, that the value that God has placed in the blood of Jesus, I must believe that the blood is enough, I must accept that the blood is enough, and I now must appropriate that blood to my life and I must make a demand on that truth for myself. And how that works out in my life is this is the way it works out. When I sin and I fall short of the God and the conscience is made aware of sin in my heart, I do this every time. I apply these truths to my life and I thank Him for the blood of Jesus. I literally go through the process of, Lord, I thank You that the blood was enough. I believe it, I accept it today, and I begin to appropriate. And the word I really want to kind of zero in on is the part of appropriating it by faith to my life. What does appropriate mean? This is pretty powerful, I think. It's really the last sentence that I think is the most powerful, but the ver it's a verb describing it, meaning, it means to set apart, to authorize, or to legislate for some specific purpose. But I love the last line even better. That I, the blood of Jesus, if I'm going to appropriate it to my life, I am to take it for myself. I, by faith, take possession of the blood of Jesus. So when I appropriate it, it's an action, it's a verb, it's describing something that I must do. I literally, when I fall short of the glory of God, I literally come before Him with the blood of Jesus. I'm reminding myself minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, month by month, year by year, I'm pulling this truth up and I'm appropriating it to my life. It is not by my merit. It is not by my actions. It's not if I feel good today or if I've prayed enough or I've been in church enough or I've been in, uh, uh, helping people enough. That affects your feelings, but guess what? Your feelings 
eludes you sometimes. Your feelings are not what you live your life on. Some people do, and they're high highs and they have low lows. Feelings come and feelings go. But the blood of Jesus is never, ever changing. The blood of Jesus is never, ever changing. The blood of Jesus is never, ever changing. It will always be, it always has been, and it will always be enough that I appropriate that to my life and I apply it to me and I judicially and legislate it and say, no, I will take possession of his blood for me. I demand it. It's like, no, it is a done deal. God said it, I believe it, I accept it, and I appropriate it to my life, to my children, to my family, to those I love. And once I get this, it radically changes my relationships. It radically changes my relationships because no longer am I going to judge you based upon your behavior because God is not judging me based upon mine. No longer am I going to condemn you and judge you. I'm going to give you the very thing that God has given me, the blood of Jesus. I'm going to appropriate it now to you because it's been appropriated to me. And I may tell you, boy, the way you're acting, this is the way it's affecting me, and I love you, but boy, is that hurting. And Jesus does get hurt when he sees his children fall into sin and darkness. And the demonic realms, it hurts his heart. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt him. I desperately hurt when my children do stupid things. But here's the beautiful thing. When I do this, and I believe that the blood of Jesus is enough, and I accept that the blood of Jesus and the value that God has placed on the blood, when I accept that truth, when I get revelation of that truth, and then I begin to appropriate it by faith to my life, that's when my guilty conscience is set free. Otherwise, I'm always walking with a guilty conscience. I'm always backing up. I'm, I'm, I'm always, because here's what happens when I have a guilty conscience. I lose faith. I lose faith. I lose faith that God can use me. I lose faith that, that, that what I'm going through is overcomable. Because I've lost access to God. There's something separating me when I have a guilty conscience. Something, there's a, separate, there's a wall there that has, to be, that has to be encroached upon and taken authority over by appropriating it by faith. I, I have to take this truth. And I, I cannot overemphasize the blood of Jesus is and the blood of Jesus is manward. It's for you. It's, it's to you. And it was it is in you. Even today we sang a song about the blood being in us. <laughs> so when I do this, <laughs> my guiltiness, my evil conscience is at once cleared and my sense of guilt removed and I no longer have a guilty conscience before God. This is simple stuff. But it has its revelation. It's foundational. Because I'm telling you, yesterday I was walking through this. 
when I got sideways with God and I had an issue come up with someone else, yeah, I was applying the blood of Jesus to my life. I was accepting that it was enough. I was appropriating it and declaring it as anger wanted to rise up within my heart. Anybody been there? Is this making any sense? Again, I want to I overemphasize it, baby, but my, when my conscience is clear before God, faith is released. When my conscience is clear, I feel free. I feel clean. I feel, I feel amazingly close to God. My access to God is free. Free. I have clear access. Actually, I can hear better from God. But when I have a guilty conscience, I struggle hearing God's voice clearly. I struggle in my faith. Because when the barrier is there, I must remove the barrier by the foundational proof and truth of the blood of Jesus. The value, the power of the blood of Jesus is manward to set me free from the law of sin and death. So, if my hearing is affected and my access to God is affected when I have a guilty conscience, don't you think it's pretty important that daily we deal with this? Because we are walking in a world where there are sins of omission that we're sinning and we don't even know we're sinning. Because truth has not been revealed to us. There are sins that we're doing that we know we are doing. There are many missing today in this house because there are sins in their life that they feel ashamed for and guilt for and they did not feel clean enough to come to church today. I know. I've talked to several of them this week. If a clean conscience was, was taken care of on a daily basis, this place would be full. It would. It would be full. Because we are just like Adam and Eve. You know, I told about the fakini last week. They made a fakini of fig leaves to cover their shame, and they hid in the garden. They withdrew. From God. Oh, Adam and Eve, where are you? Shh, don't tell him we're here. Shh. There was a barrier. And the blood had to be applied to their life. The blood now had to be, a sacrifice had to be made. God literally killed an animal. And he put that skin on them to cover their nakedness. Just like he covers you. With the blood of Jesus Christ. That's good news, by the way. So, so when I sin, my conscience is hit. Okay? So when you sin, your conscience takes a hit. Right? I become afflicted. I become infected. I become distanced from God because of my conscience. Correct? And so, if I'm afflicted and I'm affected, 
I have to do something, and it's what I said just a few minutes ago. I'm going to repeat it again. So to keep on going and moving ahead with God, when my conscience gets hit, when, it gets, when sin gets exposed in my life, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Hear me. I must, by faith, I must keep believing. By faith, I must keep accepting. By faith, I must keep appropriating this truth by faith. When the sin hits me, I have got to immediately confess my sin, give it to the Lord, lay it on the altar, and say, that is not who I am. That is not who I am. I am not a sinner. I am a saint. I am a son. I am a child. I am loved. I am beloved by God. That is who I am. That man died on the cross. And I'm laying that man again down on the cross. God, forgive me for drugs. Forgive me for sex. Forgive me for whatever you sin it is for you. Depression, anger, fear. The list is as long as my arm and this arm and this leg and this leg. In our world, we're, in, we're inventing ways to sin. And minute by minute, I lay the old man at the altar and I say, you will not rule me. I will appropriate the truth of God's word. And minute by minute and day by day, I again begin to accept and I begin to believe and I begin to appropriate the blood of Jesus that removes my stain. It removes my sin. And I again, I apply with the sprinkling of his blood and I metaphorically, I prophetically in my mind, I begin to apply the blood of Jesus over Eric Haler's life. And I go, yes, that blood is enough. Yes. Yes, I believe it. Yes, I receive it. I accept it. And yes, I appropriate it. And I run from my sin. And I run to you, my God. Is that what you're doing in your life? Or are you hiding behind the fig tree? For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is only one righteous, only one. And he is precious. He is amazing. And he died not just for you, but he died as you. What stands in my defense? Jesus, it's your blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can take my addictions away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What stands in my defense? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We've gotten away from those hymns. But man, oh man, are they true of what they declare. My friends, the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. 
the blood of Jesus and its effect, its, its efficacy, its completeness, its purity. It will never lose its power for you. dark and what hole you've climbed down into and how dark your life has become. I don't care how demonic you've given yourself to. The blood is always enough. I must keep Believing, I must keep accepting it. I must keep appropriating the blood of Jesus minute by minute, day by day, hour by hour in my life. Otherwise, I will lose faith and I will lose access to God. If you don't apply it, you lose access to God. Not because God moved, but because you moved. Your conscience is no longer clear. Therefore, it's you backing away from God. You quit coming to church. You quit fellowshipping with God's people. You move away from the presence of God. And the people of God represent the presence of God. And you start backing away and you start losing fellowship with God and His people because of a guilty conscience. And you lose your access, but the blood never loses its power, and it is my ground by which I have access to God. The blood is the ground by which I stand having access to God. I know I've over, I am going over this over and over. Re, repetition brings what? Repetition brings what? Do we need a revelation? Do we need to be telling ourselves all the time this? Do we need to be declaring this out loud? I tell you, don't do it quietly. Yeah. Satan can't hear it when you don't say it. Right. <laughs> you don't hear it. When you activate your voice with your belief system, something changes. Yeah. So when you're looking at yourself in the mirror in the morning and you just had a rough night the night before and you know you went and trespassed, or trespassed, <laughs> trespassed. You should have mowed the grass this week, by the way, but trespassed. <laughs> You've trespassed, you've missed the mark, and you know it. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in its power. I believe that it is the power unto salvation. I accept it. Is it good enough for me because it was good enough for God? And I am appropriating it and I'm bringing it into me and I'm saying it is enough for me and I apply it judicially to my life. I'm going to wear this thing out because you're going to get it before you leave today. Amen. I only have access to God because of what? I only have access to God because of what? I only have access to God because of what? Not your behavior. That's going to come along. We're going to get the behavior in check. It does happen. I only have access to the holy place. I only have access to God, to his holy place, because of the blood. And so I can go beyond the curtain, the veil of my flesh, and I can go into the holy of hosts, holy, into the presence of almighty God. I don't have to send a high priest. He is my high priest. 
I don't have to have someone else do it for me. I can do it myself because of the blood. blood. Amen. You guys are getting this, aren't you? So let's look at another scripture, and we'll go and begin to land this plane. I already did that. So Hebrews 4, to confirm and affirm this, says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, who? Jesus. Who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. What I just showed you on those three steps is holding firmly to the faith. Believing, accepting, and appropriating it to my life. Holding firmly by faith, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way that you and I have been, but he did it without sin. <laughs> Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? So that we may receive what? And find grace to help us in our time of need. I am in need when I'm falling short. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love hold firmly. I love confidence. Another passage out of Ephesians. In him and through faith in him, we may what? With freedom and confidence. But your conscience has to be dealt with. To do that, your conscience has to be dealt with. So the blood of Jesus was, yes, Godward, but the blood of Jesus is manward. It deals with your sins. The blood does. The blood deals with your standing with God. The blood deals with your conscience, your guilty conscience. And the blood of Jesus gives you access to Papa God. It makes me want to shout, come on now, shout. power of the blood deals with your sins. The power of the blood. The power of the blood makes your standing with God good. The blood of Jesus deals with your guilty conscience if you apply the truth. If you do what I just said and appropriate it for yourself. The blood of Jesus gives you complete access to God. The holy of holies. Man, that's good news. I have access by the blood of Jesus. I can't do it in my strength. I can go boldly to the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. Even if I don't feel strong. Matter of fact, honor and love show up when I've messed up. Just like in our relationships. Honor and love for my wife has to show up when I have a disagreement. When I fall short, she has to make a choice whether to honor and love me. And I have to make a choice whether to honor and love her. And that's the way God is. When you mess up, he's always got his honor on. And he's always got his love on. You just have to receive it. You have to believe it, and you have to apply it. Man, I hope you're hearing me today. 
I stand upon the safe ground of the blood of Jesus today. I come and I make access to God and I can approach God only by the blood. And so the blood of Jesus is definitely manward. I believe the blood of Jesus was primarily for God because it satisfied his heart so that we could be brought back into right relationship with him. But the blood of Jesus is definitely manward. And again, it gives us four things. What are the four things that the blood of Jesus gives me? It removes my sins. What's the second one? I've, been, I've said it two or three times today. First one, it takes away my sins. The blood of Jesus takes care of my standing with God. The blood of Jesus, it removes my guilty conscience when I apply the truth by faith. And number four, the blood gives you access to God. That is sweet news. So the last scripture that I'm going to read today, and then we're going to walk us all through some prayer. This scripture really says it and sums it up more beautifully than I could ever do myself out of Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, brothers and sisters today, because we have confidence to enter the holy of place and have access to God because of the blood of Jesus, this is a new and living way open to you through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. There it is. Let us draw near. There it is. Let us draw near access to God. There it is. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is what? Faithful. He is faithful. Stand with me today. The blood of Jesus was Godward. The blood of Jesus is manward. We talked about four things that the blood of Jesus does for you today. I hope you wrote them down. I hope you wrote down these steps right here because we're getting ready to walk through them. I believe today there are people out here that your conscience has definitely been working double duty today. Your conscience is, there's some things that the Lord is wanting you to give him today to surrender. If you would, just close your eyes with me. Everybody, just nobody looking around, nobody being on their phone. We're going to give everything to God today. Is that okay with you? So what's that one area that's made your conscience guilty today? I know some of you go, oh, Eric, I got six or seven or eight or ten or twenty or thirty things that make my conscience guilty. Here's what I want to do today. Has everybody got one? Okay. We're going to go through some prophetic actions. I want you to put that thing symbolically in your hands right now. And I want you to just see yourself standing before the cross of Calvary. 
want you to give that sin. And I want you to lay it down right now at the foot of the cross. Just go ahead and symbolically lay it down. Say, Father, I give it to you. I'm sorry. I know it's hurt your heart. And it's hurting mine right now. Because I don't want anything separating you and I. That sin is not who I am. I'm a child. I'm yours. And I ask that you would forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. And I believe that the blood is enough. I receive the blood of Jesus for my life. I accept that it's enough. And I begin to now, God, symbolically apply it to my heart. Just begin to, just begin to with your hand, just begin to, 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 to lay symbolically, prophetically the blood over your heart. Just, I receive your blood. And I receive that in Jesus' name. Father, clear my conscience. I give it away to you. And I receive your forgiveness. I receive your cleansing. I receive your purity. I receive your righteousness. I receive the blood of Christ. And I apply it to my heart. And I apply it to my conscience. And I'm free. In Jesus' name. Everybody just take a deep breath. Receive. Receive. Receive a clear conscience. Receive freedom. Receive deliverance in Jesus' name. Just thank Him. Ask Him to, to soften your heart. Ask him to, to, to make sin ugly to you. Tell him that you don't want to smear the blood of Jesus by committing those sins again. Ask him to give you strength to resist the temptation of the evil one. But again, apply the blood to your life today. Apply the blood of Jesus to your life tomorrow. Apply the blood of Jesus before you sin. Because the power of that love compels me to flee the life of sin. So today, Father God, I thank you that you have taught us the value of the blood of Jesus. 
that it, it really did satisfy your heart. And God, we receive it and say, God, it will satisfy ours. Today, this week, God, I pray that you would help us all to live with a guilt-free conscience. That we would have our faith activated to knowing that we are in right standing with you because of the blood. Today, Father, we receive forgiveness and the removal of our sins by the blood of Jesus today. We receive the forgiveness of our sins. Today, God, we receive our right standing with you because of the blood of Jesus. We are in right standing with you, God. Today, God, we receive a clear conscience by the blood of Jesus today. Our conscience is made clear today. And today, God, we receive access to you by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we will approach your throne with boldness and we will kick some devil butt. Because of who we are. God, our authority in you relies upon the blood. And so, Lord, we appropriate it to our lives today. And we say, God, we will serve you for the rest of our lives. And we will appropriate the blood of Jesus daily. And we will receive it daily. And we will believe it daily. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Does that feel good? Does that feel good? Did anything take place on the inside? Were you able to get rid of some junk today? <laughs>